Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. You get to know some of the guys in the crew. You get to know some of the people uh, who travel around. And I've made some really good uh, Bruce friends, if you will, uh, over the years. Wow. And I got to say, last night was, was bizarre. I'm in the middle of the concert. Literally in the middle of the concert. And I'm not kidding you. This actually happened. Guy comes up, whispers La Cheeserie in my ear. Right. Oh, oh, my God. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Oh, my God. This is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. So that happened Monday, right? We had Sands on Monday. That's yeah. right, yes. And Monday evening, I called Liz Clark, and I just told her how delightful it was to talk to Sands and how he'd mentioned Liz Clark, and she had already talked to him at great length, of course, <laughs> and they were comparing concert notes. <laughs> and she says, I think he's been to more concerts than I have, and I've been to a lot. Wow. But they're both going to go to the one in Washington. And I think the one before that is in Greensboro, Greensboro. and Liz is going to go to that. up to New York after that. You know, but no, Sands is, uh, I think because that's in the thick of the of the NBC golf schedule. I'm not sure he'll be able to make it back. That's right after the match play, so he should be able to. Oh. Really? And I was texting him, and it, made, it reminded me of one of the coolest concerts I've been to was at Fenway. It was Springsteen. It was a mid-August show back in uh, probably a decade ago. Uh, and you walk out from, you know... Home plate down onto the turf. You look oh. to your left. You see, uh, you see the monster, and there were supposed to be storms. So he opened up saying, "I'm not sure how long we're going to be able to play." Started with Thunder Road. That's, that's an great. opener. That's great. That's yeah. That's that's phenomenal. great. That's um, Liz now is sort of chasing Sands like LeBron chased Kareem. <laughs> we'll get to that in a little bit. This is from Neville. I'm seeking a favor, and since the purpose of your show is to get a good table and help your friends, I'd like to consider myself a friend. You are. I'm inviting your audience to come out and support me when I compete in the worst date ever storytelling competition on Valentine's Day, Tuesday, February 14th, showtime, 8 p.m. at the Howard Theater, 620 T Street Northwest. Tickets are 30 bucks. For more information, visit storydistrict.org and click shows. Oh, if Neville's going to perform, you've got to go out and see him. Yes. I mean, he's going to use that Sidwell education and get up there and, and perform worst date ever. By the way, my story is about a woman I met waiting backstage at the David Letterman show with you and Mike. I'm pretty sure Carol, Michael, and Elizabeth were there too. Lastly, I was also on with Chuck and Roxy, show number 196. Of course. And I received a wonderful gift bag from them featuring Haribo gummy bears and a bag of caramel popcorn. Classy move. We don't do that. Gift bags. Yeah, gift bags. Gift bags. It's a Derek Jeter move. That's really great. Sign baseball. So um, Valentine's Day, Tuesday, February 14th, 8 p.m., Howard Theater, 620 T Street Northwest. Go out, please, and support Neville. I hope there's a story where, you know, the person you're on a date with stole your car or something like that. Well, well you know, yeah. Well, Neville will tell us afterwards yes. how he was humiliated by the fact that everybody else had a better story. <laughs> The point is to make your story up and make it the greatest story of all time. And from Todd Drumstan in North Carolina, Mr. Tony, tell Pat we're going to need a 1099 after the NCAAs. That's funny. Let's open the show with a bunch of things. Um, Wilbon will be on. We believe Wilbon will be on. And we can talk to him about uh, LeBron James setting the record. I'm just going to say this. He set a record that two months ago he didn't even know the number of that nobody listening to this show two months ago knew the number of. It's like all of Tom Brady's passing records. Nobody knows the numbers, because numbers in football and numbers in basketball, other than 100 by Wilt and 11 championships by Bill Russell, yeah. other than that, the numbers don't mean anything. But LeBron certainly celebrated himself last night. 
when he made that basket and Adam Silver came out and Kareem came out. And that's all lovely. They lost the game. They lost the game. The purpose of sports, the purpose of a man is to love a woman. The purpose of a woman is to love a man. Uh, the purpose of sports is to win. Mindbenders? That's what you do. Wayne Fontana and the Mindbenders. That's what you do. You try to win. He didn't win. You know, I think Magic would have won that game. I think Kobe would have won that game. I think Kareem would have won that game. That's all I'm going to say about that. Aaron Rodgers has told Pat McAfee that he's going to go on a four day drive into darkness or something like that. What is it? A darkness retreat? <laughs> and, this is, and he says he's going to think about his future. Does it not occur to you people, and I mean you people, does it not occur to you people that he and McAfee are, are playing with us? They're just playing with us. This is utter nonsense. Um, they're laughing at us. Don't you think that? It's great content. I mean, yeah. you, you look at they're laughing. both these stories you're talking about. It's a generational divide that you'd get the single record, but not that the team would actually win the game right. for what you would call an odometer reading, which is, you know, yeah. every time you get a new number, yeah, you enjoy it in the moment, and then That's you right. try and set a new one. We lost That's that game. And, and then for this, it, this is a content creator. Let's just create, churn it out, and get new stories. Pat yeah. McAfee and Aaron Rodgers laughing at us in his journey to darkness. He's going to emerge. What, what is it like? It's like Moses, you know, <laughs> Moses going up to get the tablets. And LeBron's, not LeBron, the same person anyway. They really are the same person. Aaron Rodgers is going to make an announcement as to what he's going to do. But his first announcement is, is going to say, I'm not quite sure yet. And I think I need more drugs. I think I need more hallucinogens. <laughs> I'd like to see to a few more sure zeros. <laughs> They're just laughing. They're laughing. He and Pat McAfee. That's great theater. This is going to be part us. of the storyline as to where he ends up. Yes, you know, they'll come out and say, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. That would be great. That would be great. Did you read the Kyrie? Did you read any of Kyrie's comments? I started to, and I got so angry I had to start Kyrie says, I just want to go where I'll be celebrated and not simply tolerated. Why don't you get on the court for the whole season? Celebrated. Who uses that word about themselves? How delusional is this guy? Who uses that word? He also talked about his leadership. What are you talking about? You missed half the games. You refused to get a vaccine so that you could play the games with your teammates. You sat out. You didn't show any leadership whatsoever. You're delusional. This is really different. I'm going to make this point again and again and again. I've made it before. <coughs> Excuse me for coughing. If Novak Djokovic doesn't want to take the vaccine. He's only hurting himself. Yeah. There's no teammates. He's hurting the people he employs, you know, his strength coach, his, his PR teams, all, all of that stuff. But he's, that's, they signed on with him. He is the guy handing the money. It's different. He's about himself. He's in an individual sport. It's different when you're Kyrie Irving. It's different. You bailed out on your team. For half the games, your principle was more important than your teammates. Okay, but don't tell me about your leadership qualities. Don't tell me about... Am I wrong on this? No, you're 100% correct. I would just say you're looking at leadership in a very defined window onto, as to ability to lead on the court. And I think yes. you're forgetting leadership off the court, which is unfortunately where many athletes find themselves, and particularly this one, where he might be seen as a leader in certain political circles. 
he or might ideologies. Be. He might be, but they would not represent the majority opinion Correct. in the United States of America. So he's going after low-hanging fruit. This is what Marcia Taylor Green is that what her name is? Liar. Mar- Marjorie. 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 Yeah. She said, that's right. By screaming out at the president of the United States of America, duly elected, regardless of what she thinks, duly elected by screaming out liar and by screaming out a number of times, even to the point where Kevin McCarthy basically said, shh, shh. I mean, that's awful behavior. That appeals to her base. That may help her get reelected. That does not appeal to the majority of people in the United States. I always wonder even what those came first, Biden. her behavior or the housewife's meme where you just see the pointing across the table, the yelling. You've seen that, I'm sure. No, okay. no, I'll I show don't know what later. that is. You know, that's, that's awful. I didn't watch the, uh, I read about it today. I didn't watch it. How was it? You have, you we should to, ask Chuck Todd. You have to like, finish the job. Finish yeah. the job. Uh, no, I'm sitting there. I'm about halfway through the speech. I'm just lamenting the fact that my... My father never pulled me aside and gave me just great advice about the dignity of work. So, no, he has, he has all these great messages about, you know, uh, wisdom passed down father to son. And... I passed down wisdom to you and a half of an orange drink at a game. Yeah. <laughs> the only, the only wisdom he gave me was about uh, parking, a la parking. And wow. how smart was that? Yeah. It's information for life. I would think so. I was, as, as I watched a bit of it, I was thinking to myself, how can they make this broadcast better? And I thought, you know what? If they had Eli and Peyton on another channel, just sort of breaking everything down, I would watch that. No, I, I watched for the first, like, again, the first half, just watching to see when will McCarthy sort of break, you know, break his own messaging, which is like, all right, mics are on. Let's try and be civil. And he just, it looked like someone who's going back to an old, like, JV football reunion and was trying to sit through remarks and they just finally had enough. Right. <laughs> The state of, well, I'm sure Chuck Todd will say this, the state of contentiousness among politicians, which is completely reflective of the state of contentiousness among average human beings in America, is awful. And why is it awful? What does it come back to? The internet, the single worst thing in the history of mankind. For all the good it does, you know, and it can teach you how to uh, cook a meatball. You know, you can watch it. You can learn. Sure. For all the good that it does... It's the worst thing that ever happened. It appeals to the basest nature of our lives. It really does. And junk taxes. Yeah. Do you not like those? No one likes those. Yeah. Resort fees. Not even a resort. Great line, by the way. <laughs> the, the fees that I get on cable, oh, yeah. they're outrageous. Really what is. are they? I have no idea. What are they? It's just impossible. Just regional see if, sports tax. See if you what wanted you to try about? and take your phone number to a different carrier. You can't do that. Probably right? not. Life gets more and more constricting as it gets more and more open. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird paradox. We'll take a break. I hope Wilbon is ready to join us when we return. It's three hour time difference. I hope so. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a song called Comets. It's written by our friend Don Stewart. 
says after listening to Noah Petro from NASA talk about the comet that would be passing. I remembered a song I wrote a few years ago entitled Comets. It's about two teenagers who fall madly in love with each other, have no idea how important their relationship will end up being. Her name was Kit. After we dated a few months our senior year in high school, we broke up, got back together. A couple of years later, got married. Married for 38 years before she died of cancer. That's when I started writing songs, Don Stewart says. When Kit died, we had five grandchildren. Now we have 12. I've tried to write songs about Kit so our grandkids can learn a little bit more about her. It's not much, but it's better than nothing, I guess. It's a country folk song, and I don't write too many of those. And it's lovely, and it's called Comets, and it plays in Michael Wilbon. And Wilbon was supposed to be on on Monday, and our schedule's crossed because he went up to L.A. to interview LeBron James, and we'll talk about that in a second. But the one thing I didn't get to that I wanted to tell you was the day before I watched the last 10 minutes of Northwestern Wisconsin. Oh, good. And I watched you win that game, and I watched yeah. that guy, Bowie, who almost lost Bowie, the game know, with terrible play, then win the game with foul yeah. shooting. Did You you yeah. watched the whole game, I'm sure. No. Um, oh. Sunday. What was going on Sunday here? Uh, I did not, Tony. Um, and I, had, I've, I've, I taped it, and I said I was going to go back, and I'm you know, living on the edge with this team now because we are, who knows what... Um, you know, Lenardi has us in last four in or f- first four out, or you know, we're we're in a spot where we're in the top half of the Big Ten, and we were in second place before a couple of road losses, and then we came back and won that game. We swept Wisconsin for the first time in about thirty years. Wisconsin's a good basketball them. school. That's a big yeah, deal. Yeah, so we we won both those games, and um, so we got, and we got some winnable games coming up. I mean, this is we we were kind of in line to make. The tournament, yeah. Which, when you've done it once, <laughs> it's not a big deal in Durham or Chapel Hill or College Park. Right. But when you've won it, when you've done it once in the history of the school, it, this is a it's a big deal. Yeah. Well, I was I was happy to watch them. I'll move on. You went and you interviewed LeBron. LeBron broke the record last night. Everybody knew we would break the record last night. It was thirty six points. He was going to get thirty six no matter what, and he got it in at the end of the third quarter, um, and they lost the game. You know, I don't want to be too harsh, but I was saying in the open that Magic wouldn't have lost that game. Kobe wouldn't have lost that game. It's not all up to LeBron, but the game is a loss, and there's all this interruption in the middle of it, justifiably. What do you think LeBron takes home with him at night after a loss? Because losing's terrible for athletes. Yeah, it is, and the greater the player, the the tougher the losing is. Yes. Um, you know, it was interesting, Tony. I, I got a sense of that. Look, it's been 20 years, though. And nobody knows, Matt, you know how long Magic played? Magic played like 12 seasons. Yeah. Maybe 13. Yeah. Um, you know, Jordan Well, there were played, extenuating circumstances with Magic. Yes, but Jordan played like, like 13, and he came back, he played two more. It, he's played so long, I'm not going to say it doesn't eat at him, because I, I, I think it does on some level. Uh, Kobe, of course, played closer to 20, if he, if he might have played 20. Um, but 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 LeBron at this stage when he says I, I'm playing to win a championship, which he said to me on camera and off, right uh, on Monday. I I believe him. Everybody doesn't have the same personality, and LeBron is not Michael. He's not. He has never been that sort of aggressive personality. It's somewhere like you and I always talk about, and, and it's not Bird's. You know, Bird and Michael were closer in terms of personality, and Kobe. He's, it's closer to Magic's. 
It ate at magic. I know it did because I, I know Irvin Johnson well. But he didn't display it the same way. And so, you know, this, it's interesting with, with, with him now. You mentioned losing that game last night. I, I thought the same thing. Look, Oklahoma City is a better team, Tom. I mean, <laughs> that's just – Oklahoma City may not have people that folks know yet. But Oklahoma City's a better team. Oklahoma City's got like four real players. Oklahoma City could get into the play-in, and right now they're only they're ahead of the Lakers. Do you realize the Lakers are ahead of only like Houston? The Lakers stink. They're, they're only ahead of two teams. They stink. And but 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 yet we keep sitting there saying, if, and I said to LeBron, if you are what, and he said healthy. He said, I, I know it sounds like a cliche, but healthy. That, we, that I believe that we can play together and learn how to trust each other and do this by April if we can just be on the court. Well, Anthony Davis was on the court last night, and I, Stan Van Gundy called such a great game. And Stan Van said a couple of times, Anthony Davis, maybe he was distracted by all that was going on. And that's possible. He said, but Anthony Davis has had no imprint on the game. Well, if you're playing a team that's better than you, and they got size and youth, and all of a sudden they're starting to figure out, hey, we're pretty good. And Anthony Davis is not playing. I, you know, I don't know how much does LeBron have to go to the whip hand. How much does he? How much does LeBron get legitimate blame for that, Tony? I, I don't no. know the answer, but I, you raise a point about last night that is very valid and fair. So, you, I mean, you look at these things. To me, and we discussed this yesterday on television. The, the, it, it's great to have the all-time scoring record. It means you've been great for a long, long time, or else you can't have it, and it's wonderful. I don't mean to disparage it in any way. I don't know what the number is. Nobody knows what the number is. Kareem knew what the number was, maybe. LeBron a month ago didn't know what it was, and it doesn't matter. It's like Tom Brady's passing records. Nobody knows what these numbers are. These numbers don't matter. There's two numbers in basketball to me that matter. One is 100 by Wilt, and one is 11 by Russell, but there's another number that matters in basketball where one player can have more of an impact on the sport than in other sports like baseball or football, for example. And that is the number of championships. I think you got to get to five. I mean, I think five's the magic number. What do you think? Well, and Bird I, didn't know, get it. Some, Bird didn't get it. truly great players who didn't get to five. Of That's course, right. Including, including That's right. Bird, That's right. Who got to three. Right. Even though. You know, now he had to go through Magic to do it. Magic has five, and right. Kareem has six, and Jordan has six. Yep. Um, but you know, and Kobe has five. Kobe has and five. Shaq has four, and there's four. a difference. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't attach m- as much significance there um, because I, because I look at Bird and I look at Jerry. What Jerry West has one. One. They lost seven times in the finals to one team. That's right, to the Celtics. Oh, my God, really? Um, And it's interesting to talk to Jerry West as I have about that dynamic. But, you know, I don't know that – look, LeBron could go and glom on somewhere for one. He could. He could go to Cleveland, and they could win. If he's on Cleveland with most of that roster, they can and maybe will win. They're that good. But I don't know, Tony, the the Lakers, they don't – we're waiting, and it seems like the raw material could be there in part. But there's too many good teams around the league, and there's too many good teams in the West, and they can't beat Sacramento. I know that sounds crazy to people who aren't paying attention yet, but they, they can't. 
um, at least this year, I'm, I'm talking about right now. Right. Um, can they beat Golden State in a series? I, I don't think so. You know, the Suns got Devin Booker back. Like I said, the Suns were without Devin Booker since Christmas Day. They were 12 and 12, I think. And they're, they're like a game out of third. And they got Booker back. And by the way, this new dude, the owner they got, don't be surprised if Kevin Durant winds up somewhere else. Wouldn't surprise okay. me at all. By the way, your boy Cam Thomas, who you said could never get wow. 40 again, wow. got 40 again. Now, Tony, you know, this is a fascinating is thing. Who is this guy? Because this is what the teams that you and I follow most closely, the Wizards and the Bulls, respectively, they haven't been able to get that, which means you draft 13th in the first round. And they say with the 13th pick in the first round, <laughs> the, Los Angeles, the San Antonio Spurs select from San Diego State University – uh, Kawhi Leonard, and there's a smattering of golf applause. Right. And then three years later, you go, oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. That's you, right. Know, you know, they, they haven't, or I'll tell you, when the Bulls did it, actually, once, they go, you know, drafting with the last pick in the first round. The Chicago Bulls out of Marquette select Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was winning a, a, a three-point make of the Finals, not the conference finals. Well, the Wizards are not. The, the Wizards' the problem. The Wizards and the Bulls, a lot of teams haven't done it. The Wizards' best player, who just signed the most ridiculous contract yeah. ever, doesn't yeah. play. He doesn't. He doesn't go out and play, and no. you can't trade him. But you. But, but this leads me back to this Cam Thomas thing. Who is he? Tony, you, you, I don't know. Right. Neither do I. All right, because... We, because you don't have you don't sit around and watch college basketball for four months every year and learn every single thing about a player, or the player comes out of Europe or Africa. You 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 don't know, and but this is what has to happen, particularly for small market teams, right? You you have to have you have to hit it. When I say the lottery, I don't mean win the actual lottery. I mean, you have to hit it. You have to select a player. I don't know where Cam Thomas. I tell you what, I'm gonna be getting real familiar with Cam Thomas in the next 24 hours. Yeah, because he appears to be a guy. And if you are Kevin Durant and you say, "Okay, I, I could," I can sit here with Joe Sy every day, and apparently they are sitting and talking. And you say, "Wait a minute, how how good is this kid?" And maybe the the people on the roster. We can deliver, and we can get to the Eastern Conference Finals, but you need your franchise to have that kind of hit. And wow, when you go three times for 40. Yeah, it's a big deal. It is a huge Considering deal. nobody knows who he is. That's uh, right. Did you read Kyrie Irving's comments in Dallas? No, did no, I don't, I don't consume Kyrie Irving. Oh, my God, I he's don't. delusional. Of course, but you know that already. But why he's do I need to know, truly... Why do I need to know truly delusional he talks about his leadership and he talks about wanting to be celebrated he's delusional mike why would you sign him for a long term why because everybody's seduced by talent in every sport in everything in life not just sports by the way we know people tony in our profession that when we were writing sports every day and writing on deadline and, and doing things that were comparatively competitive and you could pick up the product and you could compare people because they were covering, in a lot of cases, the same events. There were people with tons of talent. And you and I would go, I wouldn't have this guy. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So this is, this is what this is, happens in banking, in science and technology. And it, happens in, it happens everywhere. But in sports, you have this immediate way of comparing. 
And I wouldn't, but the talent seduces you. I mean, I, you know, I've been on the phone for two or three days with guys who are Hall of Famers who produced, who produced at the highest level one titles. And I say to them sometimes, why are you seduced by Kyrie Irving? Because Kyrie Irving could not do any of what you did. And the answers are fascinating because these are not, these are smart people. And they think, okay, this is going to be different. Tony, why do coaches sign on to coach him? Very smart people you and I know would say, yeah, let me take a shot with him. Nick doesn't work? He doesn't. But he has this thing he can do for six weeks yeah. where you go, really? <clears throat> yeah, he's and great so, talent. You know, I mean, LeBron, who, who has gotten tired of Kyrie in his life, was ready to take him on again. Now, LeBron's situation is a little different because they didn't draft anybody like Cam Thomas either. Right. And there's only so many moves you can make during a season when you win as a salary cap. And so, you know, it, it's a fascinating dynamic. And I think he will dazzle us with Luka over the next few weeks. And maybe they'll finish third or fourth in the East, and maybe they'll win a playoff round. But I West, don't want him. West. Yeah. I don't want him. I don't want him either. No. All right, I want you. All right, I'll talk to you later. Be <laughs> All good. right, Tom. Thanks. Be Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. You know, the thing about Kyrie Irving is, is it Cleopatra and the Asp? Right, it's Cleopatra and the Asp. And, uh, you know, Cleopatra holds the Asp close, and they've been pals for a while, and then the Asp bites her, you know, and sends the poisonous venom into her body. Yeah, but I think she wanted that. You know, why do you want that? You know, wh why would you do that? Well, the ass says, it's what I do. <laughs> it's my nature. This is what I do. <laughs> Kyrie Irving blows teams up. At some point, I said this yesterday on television, at some point in the 30-minute arc of the show, Kyrie detonates the bomb. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's what happens. We'll take a break. We'll come back with Chuck Todd and Jeff Ma. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. They stole two monkeys from the Dallas Zoo. Police said there ain't nothing we can do. They threw them in a Subaru and tossed them underneath. One's got the Eagles, one's got the Chiefs. The monkey picks the winner is the one they're gonna keep. The one that picks the loser, well, they'll wait till he's asleep. And once he's out cold, they'll toss him in the Subaru. Take back the losing monkey to the Dallas Zoo. They had their eye on Reginald as his success grew, but anyone has been to the National Zoo. No security there is like at Buckingham Palace. Things are much looser at the zoo in Dallas. For now, these two monkeys are still at large. If they catch the culprits, they'll surely be charged. The police can't do nothing with their monkey-sniffing beagles. One's got the chiefs, the other's got the eagles. Whichever monkey wins will be a real outlaw. We'll have to see how he does against Jeff Ma. He's brilliant. It's brilliant. He's and brilliant. Dan Byrne is brings brilliant. up a real question for the for the DC National Zoo, which is: Should they still require tickets? Just unbelievable. <laughs> it's brilliant, Dan Byrne. Two monkeys. And I know Chuck brilliant. had Chuck had texted me throughout that ordeal with the two monkeys in the Dallas Zoo, so I knew he would <laughs> yeah. enjoy that particular song. I Chuck, feel like the managing editor of that story. I, just, yeah. I feel like I, I yeah. <laughs> exactly. Chuck Todd joins us now. We'll get to his pick in a moment. Let me just reiterate it. I've said this before. Chuck can finish at 500 if he loses this game. But nobody has had a losing season. Not Reginald, not Carville, not Ma, not Chuck. So that's really good. A couple of things. And these are very, very small things. And I know it happened before. 
But what's the deal with Marjorie Taylor Greene? What are you doing? This is the president of the United States of America. What are you doing? Can you explain that? Am I the I, only one shocked by that? I, no, you're not the only one shocked, but, but you're also, you, uh, you're, you, you came from an era that social media didn't create these personalities. I mean, I, right. this is perfectly normal for her. This is, it would, it's on brand, not off brand. It's a feature, not a bug, whatever. Pick your met cliche yeah. that you want to do and overuse metaphor or whatever, because she, that's just who she is. And it's how she got to where she got. And so she doesn't know other way to do it. I mean, I, I fear we've created a whole generation of sort of poli- these it's sort of political vaudeville. Um, and it, the voters have rewarded it. Yes. They don't punish this. They reward it. So we shouldn't, you know, it had a feel, I guess, of British Parliament at times last night, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking about this. Remember when the first time this happened, Obama and you lied. Yes, I and remember. we were all like, what the heck was that? You know, it was like, you know, it was, you know. And he apologized afterwards. Flute, he apologized. Rather than, right, rather than, than, than jam or whatever. But, um, no, and now it just seemed perfectly normal. You um, know? My I, slogan seemed, is the same. So it's I, always, we're better than this. We're better than her. I'm sorry, we're better than her. What, now, I will say this. I think the moment of the night, we didn't get to see until after the fact. And that was Mitt Romney telling off George Santos. Oh, yeah. No. no. <laughs> it, it, with, with the idea, like, you don't belong here. Right? And it was, like, on so many levels. One sentence had so many meanings. He meant, not only did he not belong, obviously, in the front, you know, sitting there on the aisle, preening for the cameras. He didn't belong in Congress. He didn't belong anywhere near that place, right? And it was something, in, in many ways, I feel like Mitt Romney's become America's political ombudsman, you know, the one guy who, who I think still has a little bit of moral authority. I'll ask you one other question, and it's even, the Marjorie Taylor Greene is easy. Mm-hmm. Balloons? The Chinese balloons? There, it's what we're in around the world in 80 days <laughs> with Cantinflas. They're sending balloons up over America. What? What is this? What is apparently, this? Apparently, we're doing it too. With, apparently, we have a we have a balloon program. Balloons. Um, it's cheaper to go in the. It, it, it is. There is something to be. You know, it is cheaper to be in that low. You know, that sort of low orbit you know space orbit if you will or you know right at the edge there um and it can you know sit still but you know we're we're, they didn't they didn't come up with this idea on their own (laughs) they learned this from us uh uh and and our own programs on this but uh balloons it's 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 it's, laughable to me this is not high tech on any level well but it was i mean this was no ordinary you know this wasn't um, you know, Willy Wonka. Yeah, but like but that. I've got to assume, since I talked to Secret Service people about this the other day, I've got to assume that we either did A, jam their signals, or B, intercepted their signals, so we knew everything they were getting, right? That's the, that's the implication we're getting from, from people I've talked to have said they thought they successfully were able to, once they knew where it was, 
stop the transmission of, of information. But we don't know that for sure. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we also, this is a, <coughs> let's just say here, I know we're all shocked that the Pentagon doesn't tell us the full story. <laughs> but, you know, there's this, they, they said, hey, this happened three times during the Trump administration. And then, you know what they admitted yesterday? We never briefed the Trump administration that this happened. Oh. Yeah. They well, just sort of, oh, oops. Yeah. Oh, they, they, they were willing to give him a briefing of the fact. I mean, look, this was a little bit, I think that this was a sign where you had, you have a military complex that wants to CYA a little bit. Yes. That this basically broke through our, because that was the other thing. I think this was a version of testing the electric fence. Hey, let's see what triggers their radar. Let's see what does this. Let's see what we can do. And, and that, to me, is the scary part of this. This felt like a version of, well, we're testing the electric fence to see if there's any weak points. It's very, very weird. Okay, let's get to the game. You've had a long time to think about it. Who you got? What was the movie that had a blimp crash into the stadium? Oh, um, Bloody Sunday? Sunday. Yeah, Bloody yeah. Sunday. Is that it? Is yeah, that Robin Shaw? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it, it interrupted that. a Cowboys-Steelers Super Bowl. Wasn't that the one they... Uh, yeah, yes, it was a big blimp. Fictionally, do do we think a Chinese balloon is it too soon to joke about that? Uh, no, it's never too soon to joke no. about balloons. Come on now. Nobody... So I've been no, it's never. I know. I mean, that's the thing. The balloon is pretty good punchline. Yeah, whatever you do, it's a hot air. Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about this, and I've tried to talk myself into into not picking the Chiefs, and I and I keep coming back to the Chiefs, and I, and I think I'm going to go with the simplest handicap, which is. The AFC is just better than the NFC. And I know that the Eagles look like they're better than everybody. But I feel like we went through this in the 80s, and we went through this, we saw it a lot, and, you know, which is the, you know, the tougher conference produces the tougher, the, the Super Bowl winners. And I don't know, I just, I'm going with, it's a lot, I'll take the team that had to go through Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow than the team that had to go through Daniel Jones, a quarterback, yeah, yeah, Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy, and, yeah. and and all that. So I, that's where I'm coming back to. Um, and, and even though I think the Eagles are better at every position except two. So you'll take Kansas City. I'm going to take Kansas City, and the point I get a point and a half. Right? You get a point and a half. I get asked this all the time, and I thought that the spread was two. And I said, if you're going to give me Mahomes and two, it's hard for me not to take it. It's just hard yeah. for me not to take what it. What about point and a half? You know, it's hard for me not to take Mahomes at any points at all. <clears throat> I think he's that good. I mean, I, I don't know the state of his ankle sprain, and he doesn't have great wide receivers, but I think he's that good. All right, we wish you luck in this. And thanks for answering my political questions. Talk to you, you soon. Know, no worries. We're pitchers and catchers in a week. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. Yes. You feel the buzz? That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, you feel it? I feel it, but not for the Washington team. I feel yeah, a buzz, buzz, but that may a, be a joy buzzer. Yeah, I maybe sitting say, I get a I get a buzz whenever my back hurts and my arm. Yeah, Stay in the fight, Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. Stay in the fight. I will. Chuck Todd, Goodbye. boys and girls. And if we gave you just Chuck Todd, that would surely be enough. But we give you more. We give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Sing along, everybody. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the vice, I too. Sometimes he throws a poo, poo, poo. And he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. So? He's uh, had a great year. He has had a great he was year. He 2-0 last week. Before, he's 36-26-1. He's doing well. 
for a monkey. For a monkey, he's doing quite well. And before I get to my actual conversation with Reginald, it was Black Sunday. Bloody Sunday, of course, okay, the U2 Black song. Right. Uh, Black Sunday with Robert Shaw and Bruce Stern, I believe, okay. was in that movie. Um, so, yes, I went down to the National Zoo yesterday, and it was a very busy scene down there. He was testing some sort of balloon observational craft, people from the Pentagon there, yeah. um, from some other government agency. And, of course, Bud Grant was right by his side, helping him get airborne. And it was, and it was a very special moment right before he lifted off. He leaned over to Bud Grant, asked him to loan him a stick of Beeman. And, of course... There you go. Yeah, Bud Grant did there that. There you go, the right stuff, baby. Yes. Uh, so when he landed, after a successful testing of this device... Uh, we went over some That's of the... really good gum, by the way, Beeman's gum. It's great gum. It's really good and, gum. And by the way, who was the guy that played the fellow that loaned him the stick? Was uh, it? Levon Helm. That's right, Levon, the, the yeah. great singer from the band. Yeah. Yeah, the drummer. Um, so I went over a, a bunch of stuff with him, uh, and I will get to his actual pick of the game. He wanted to bet on these prop bets. So first things, he loves... He said yes on whether the anthem singer will forget a word of the anthem. So he loves that bet. He loves uh, betting on Team Rough over Team Fluff in the Puppy Bowl. He's a big fan of that. Loves the over and how many times Tom Brady's name will be mentioned. And that number set at one and a half. Loves the over on that. And he believes it will be Purple Gatorade, which will be poured on the winning coach. And that winning coach will be Nick Sirianni. He loves the Eagles. He loves the Eagles. Yes. He's given a point and a half. Given a point and a half, even to a player as great as Patrick Mahomes. Good for him. Do we get Jeff Ma? Oh, yes. Let me... Uh, you have to get Jeff Ma. I'll fade this down, and then I will call Jeff here. These prop bets are stupid. That's stupid. I think I'd go with the Glacier Freeze, though, over the purple. <laughs> it's usually the winning bet. Tom Brady, if there is such a bet, um, Tom Brady will, in fact, be mentioned more because it's a Fox game, and they've signed him. Yeah. So I would think that that's a very low now, number. Now, when do, does... It, does that name does that start when the game tips, or can it be part of the pregame and the in sort of the preamble for the first thirty minutes? I have no idea. I think it's just the game. I feel like I do it. this a lot for you, but uh, you should watch the SNL sketch with Bo and Yang from the Open this past week, where he plays the balloon. He plays the balloon. Yeah. So this is a continuation of when he was the iceberg that sank the Titanic. But how would you feel if they described your body in terms of buses? Um, three different buses, they said. It's the, the width and depth of three different buses. Yes. Make me feel sort of flabby, which I feel anyway. Jeff Ma joins us now, whose uh, podcast, Bet the Process, is something that we heartily endorse, even though we don't actually listen to it because I don't listen to anything. But we heartily endorse it with Rufus and heartily endorse Jeff. Nigel was just talking about prop bets. Do you pay attention to those things? Aren't they, aren't they silly? No, I mean, you know... Uh, Rufus is actually known as the king of the props. I keep calling really? him the self-proclaimed king of the props. Yeah, he, they they wrote a big article about uh, the bets that he is, and we're not talking about like the you know the color of Gatorade right. or the length of the national anthem. We're talking about the individual player props, um, oh. where there actually is, is quite a bit of value um, in a lot of these because the public tends to want to bet on things to happen. They overvalue things like a safety happening or a two-point conversion or overtime um, or, you know, Travis Kelsey to score a touchdown, those types of things. And so there, there tends to be value often on, on things not happening. Um, and they, they make so many of these prop bets that they can't actually make them correctly. So there's always holes, there's always opportunities, there's always inefficiencies. We do, uh, we've done a couple podcasts on this this week. We did a prop contest with my art myself and rufus and another um 
former professional better by the name of Matthew David out to talk about what some of our favorite prop bets are. And, and we actually like stake or risk fictitious thousand dollars and do sort of a charity contest for it. Is there one in particular that you, you do like? Uh, there's a couple that I'll talk about. Um, one is to the Chiefs to have more sacks than the Eagles. You get plus money, plus 139, meaning if you bet on the Chiefs, you risk 100 to win 139. Everyone is talking about, um, obviously, the Eagles' pass rush, but as long as Mahomes is healthy, he's one of the best at avoiding sacks. And um, it ten, you know sacks tend to be much more predictive around the quarterback than the actual defensive line itself. So, you know, to get plus money at the Chiefs to have more sacks than the, the um, Eagles is, is value. Um, I like uh, the yes uh, for there to be a score in the first five and a half minutes. Um, you get plus 150 to do that, meaning you risk 100 to win 150. Um, everyone thinks about the, the Super Bowls as being super slow and, um, from a scoring perspective, and they really were when, when the Patriots were involved. But since the Patriots haven't been involved, and when they're not involved, they tend to be much more like normal games. So getting plus 150 there is good. Um, and then I would one more I would take is um, Kelsey not to score a touchdown at plus money. And if you're interested in betting this, you want to bet it really close to game time because everyone thinks, oh, Travis Kelsey is definitely going to score a touchdown. Right. but. Right pretty much any receiver to, to get them at plus money, meaning like as an underdog uh, to not score a touchdown, that, that's pretty good. That's pretty good value. Okay. Who do you like in the game, Jeff? Um, I, I like Chiefs. Um, it's, it's a weird game because, you know, the game opened um, the two. Chiefs minus two and a half. Oh, two and, and a half. Very, two. very okay. quickly moved. To the Eagles minus two and a half, mostly because of I think that the Chiefs' injuries um, that everyone saw that Sunday, um, where they had no wide receivers and and uh, you know Legarius Sneed was out and all that. But it looks like they're going to get most of those guys back, except for McCole Hardman. Legarius Sneed has passed the concussion protocol, um, so that looks good. I, I expect this line to get close to even at game time. I mean, two and a half to two and a half is not, even though it's a five point uh, swing, it's not that huge a deal. Um, you know, I think I've heard a lot of people worry about this being another Tampa Bay situation for Kansas City. I think I heard you mention that earlier. But Kansas City in that game had real offensive line problems from an injury perspective, and that was the reason they struggled so much against Tampa. They, they seem to be pretty healthy on the offensive line. Um, and I just don't know. I think the, the, the thing is we just don't know what we have with this Philly team, right? There's a world where their defense is you know, out of this world and their running attack is, is scary and all that kind of stuff. I'm really interested to see what happens if, if the Eagles get into any kind of a real negative game state, meaning down by uh, more than two scores. Or, I'm sorry, down by more than one score or even down a score because they've been able to operate in a positive game state and, and stay ahead and be able to rush as much as they want um, and not put too much pressure on Jalen Hurts. And I'm, I'm interested to see what yeah. happens there. That's oh, that's a great analysis. I love that. And Jeff was fifty-five, forty-three, and one. So if you bet with Jeff, you made money. Jeff, thank you very much. Um, um, it's been Tony, a good are we year. We're going to talk about how this is the eight-year anniversary of you asking me to park my car and <laughs> you know, keep the bowl back in the, the same place. You, you know, that. I keep track in all the weeks that you're on how often you do this, <laughs> and it's about twenty-five to thirty percent of the time. So if you could get a plus bet on that, you should take yes. it. 
Yeah. It's a good prop. It would be a good prop bet. It was the it was the time I met you. It made me very happy. I recall it very fondly. It <laughs> led too. to this. Made me happy. Yes. Yeah. Hey, one other one other bet that I think is uh, the I think this is going to be a higher scoring game than people think. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's going to be the I'd like the over fifty one. I mean, typically the unders and recently in Super Bowls have been good bets because everyone wants to bet the over. But I think that the way that these two teams come together, where where both of their defenses haven't really faced any good offenses this year, like I think Philly's like thirty ranked thirty first in terms of the offense that they faced, and and the Chiefs are down in the bottom twenty five. Wow. Also, so I think this is a game that could become high scoring. Okay, all right. Enjoy watching. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for the season, Jeff Ma. We love having Jeff Ma. I'm gonna miss. Maybe I'm the only one, but I'm going to miss all the betting talk. I'm going to miss football like crazy as I am consigned to the prison of the NBA and NHL for a while until baseball starts. And even then, I'm consigned to the prison of the Washington Nationals. We'll be lucky to win 45 games. Makes me sad. We'll take a break. Email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Let me tell this story. This is from Kyle Pownell. I hope I pronounced that correctly. P-O-W-N-A-L-L in Macon, Georgia. I have a two-year-old flat coat retriever, Maverick, who will sing when my 17-year-old daughter, Ruby Grace, plays the saxophone. After hearing about Jesse, I hatched a plan. I would have Ruby Grace play the mailbag theme while Maverick sang along. Only I ran into a problem with my plan. Maverick is apparently boycotting singing the mailbag theme. (laughs) My best guess is he's been forced to listen to your show for countless hours while riding along. Either way, I've attached Ruby Grace Pownall's rendition of the mailbag with her saxophone. Lovely. Absolutely lovely. You want to do the Bethesda Bagel ad? Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say it's automatic when I talk with old friends. The conversations turn to girls we knew when their hair was soft and long and the beach was the place to go. Suntan bodies and waves of sunshine. California girls and a beautiful coastline. Warmed up weather. Let's get together and do it again. Those are the Beach Boys. That's a Mike Love lead. Nigel said to me yesterday, what did you say? So you're going to get this one. <laughs> I gave you two words. It's automatic. And then you did the whole song. <laughs> Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon, Chuck Todd, Jeff Ma. Thanks to our sponsors, ZipRecruiter and Policy Genius. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or to see if you get the show through Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. From Keith, Carol drives a Jeep Cherokee. I know that Cherokee. I built that Cherokee out at the Belvedere, Illinois assembly plant. Wilbon would classify it as Chicago the same way he claims Fred Van Vliet is from Chicago when, in fact, he's from Rockford. I hope you are enjoying the fine craftsmanship the UAW Local 1268 puts into their vehicles. If you look at the fender and back door, take a sneak peek at the sealant and see if it is preventing water and rust to damage the vehicle. If it is doing its job correctly, more than likely, I did it. This is my Littles Helping Bigs moment. Keith, currently deployed in Kuwait. How great is that? That's phenomenal. Thank you, Keith. From Andrew Frank from Bentonville, Arkansas. Your Jeep discussion got me thinking about a new trend for us littles to send you data on. I, too, agree the the new Grand Wagoneer is ridiculous. I don't know if you've intentionally done this, but anyway, here's my lineup. Two Nissan Sentras, one Honda Fit, 
two Subaru Crosstech Treks, two Outbacks, and a Lexus RX350 we traded on a Subaru Ascent. There's a pattern here if you didn't catch it. Mm. Those five Subarus are all since 2018. This is what happens when you work for a Subaru dealer. You make friends with a salesperson, and when they need to hit a monthly sales goal, they come and tell you, hey, you're getting a new car today. This goes just as well with the wife as you think. Hey, honey, my red car is now blue and is a year newer. As she is saying uh, in northwest Arkansas now, Broncos country, let's ride. (laughs) From Mark Schaefer, as a proud upstate New Yorker and native-born Buffalonian western New Yorker, I nearly had an aneurysm when you stated that beef on Kummelweck was a Pittsburgh delicacy. Thank you to Nigel for being stat boy on this one. No, as Nigel pointed out, beef on Weck is a Buffalonian staple right up there with Anchor Bar Wings and Genesee Cream Ale, not Utica Club. Thank you. In fact, for years, it was nearly impossible to get beef on Weck outside the Western New York area because there was something about the rolls or the dough that didn't keep or ship well. You could get it at Greavy's Sports Pub in oh. East Falls Church for a while, but alas, Greavy's and it's beef on Weck and Jenny Cream Ale are long gone. Now, while I was ready to quip, that perhaps all steel towns look alike to you. It occurs to me that your confusion may be understandable. You may be thinking of the Pittsburgh hamburger made at Promontis, which the locals call Permanis. Theirs is the hamburger with the fries and slaw served on the burger. On the burger, yes, yes, I've had that as a mm. topping under the bun. It's nuts, but it's delicious. So I'm not sure what it is with steel towns and their beef sandwiches, but given that each is a singular treat that should be respected, it's good to keep them straight. From Charles. Kamurek, what the anchor bar is to chicken wings, Schwabble is to beef on weck. Schwabbles, S C H W A B L S. That must be I'm looking this must up. be a place in Buffalo, right? From Mike Roseberry in State College, Pennsylvania. During the beef on weck discussion on Friday's <laughs> show, Nigel mentioned something about Pittsburgh having a way to prepare a steak. He's talking about Pittsburgh rare, a steak that cooked over a high heat, very high heat, so that's charred almost black on the outside. Yes and pretty much rare or raw on the inside. Nothing is better to drive a vegetarian away from your table. (laughs) On another note, the local Wegmans are selling Speedy's flavored potato chips. I'm sure they're manufactured in New York State. I've been tempted, but I haven't bought a bag yet. Got to try that. Yeah, you have to. Uh, And send it to me. From Kyler in Atlanta. (laughs) Sorry to hear about the great Dino retiring. Have you tried the great Zucchini? I hear he's a magician. (laughs) Not going to him. No. From RJ in Bronxville, New York, by way of Chicago. I understand you're in need of a new dentist. I think I have a solution. The next time you're on with customer service about interest fees, unavailable pants, or pricey whoppers, and they ask if there's anything else they can do for you, see if they can rent, recommend a dentist in the 20015. Mike Play- Playley in Powhatan, Virginia, which is near Richmond, I believe. Right, My dad yes. once dumped a girl in high school because her number took too long to dial on the rotary phone. <laughs> Lots of eights and nines, apparently. <laughs> So I think you factoring the parking situation at a doctor's office is perfectly normal behavior when selecting a health care provider. Uh, from David Nitka, my dog Sammy eats purple flowers. Thank you, Tommy James. We ain't got much, but what we, we got flowers. Yes. We dig snow and rain and the bright sunshine. From Ken Sands in Forest Hills, D.C., is this... Is Ken Sands related to the other Sanses? Don't think so. Dear fellow senior citizen, I feel so lucky. Yesterday in the snail mail, I received an invitation to upcoming events at Ingleside in Rock Creek. In case your invitation got lost in the mail, there's a lunch and learn at noon on February 16th and crepes and coffee at 10 a.m. on March 23rd. They implore, reserve your seat today. Space is limited. Mm. Also, get to know your amazing team and learn how a fulfilling lifestyle can be yours. If you ever want to leave your attic or basement, 
Um, from who is this? Is this from Tony Beeson? I took in the Dan Byrne Brandon Costello concert last Saturday night in the Cincinnati area with a group of loyal littles. Zoom in on the attached photo for the t- subtle TK salute from Rupe Sharma. I chatted briefly with Dan afterwards, and what do we talk about? Baseball, of course. We are hoping you could answer a question that eluded us. Just how fast was Walter Johnson's fastball? Well, you know, it's Shirley who talked about Shirley saw it, yes. Shirley saw it, and Shirley <laughs> talked about that feller kid. That feller kid not being as fast as Train. Train, he's not as fast as you. Is he, is he Train? If you're out on your bike time, everyone as always do wear white. Yeah, here's the thing. We're not the wonders right now. We're Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. from the Dallas Zoo. Police said there ain't nothing we can do. They threw them in a Subaru and tossed them underneath. 
One's got the Eagles, one's got the Chiefs. The monkey picks the winner is the one they're gonna keep. The one that picks the loser, well, they'll wait till he's asleep. And once he's out cold, they'll toss him in the Subaru. Take back the losing monkey to the Dallas Zoo. They had their eye on Reginald as his success grew. But anyone who's been to the National Zoo, no security there is like at Buckingham Palace. Things are much looser at the zoo in Dallas For now these two monkeys are still at large If they catch the culprits, they'll surely be charged The police can't do nothing with their monkey-sniffing beagles One's got the chiefs, the other's got the eagles Whichever monkey wins will be a real outlaw We'll have to see how he does against Jeff Ma